The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. The man said to Jesus, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, the man was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we read from St. Peter's first letter. St. Peter was an eyewitness to the things that he's now testifying about. The first thing he says and he extols is the great mercy of God through Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection. Now for Peter that was something very, very telling because he was the one who denied Jesus three times when Jesus was going through his passion on oath to a servant girl, and when Jesus looked at him, Peter knew he had betrayed God utterly after all he had experienced. And yet, Jesus restored him three times after his resurrection when they were at the charcoal fire, and Jesus asked him in John's Gospel, Peter, do you love me? And when Peter heard those words, again, he was cut to the heart because he knew he had denied Jesus. And here Jesus was restoring him. Those three denials now turned into three affirmations, and Jesus was restoring Peter to his prominence and preeminence in the church, an utter free gift. And this is what he's talking about in the first reading. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That was particularly for Peter. He was given new birth into a living hope. And he says, this birth, this resurrection of Jesus from the dead is a birth into inheritance that can never be perishable or defiled or fading. It's always kept in heaven 
for us who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Those are great words of affirmation because we've all utterly sinned. We are Peter. And here is Jesus again going to give himself to us in the Eucharist knowing how we have utterly failed and always offers us forgiveness. Peter goes on to say, in this you rejoice even now for a little while you have to suffer various trials so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold though perishable is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So now Peter is talking about not just faith because he had faith when he gave the right answer to Jesus' question, who do people say that I am? Peter, given that gift by the Father, gave that answer. You are the Christ, the Messiah. Peter knew that in his mind, in his intellect. So he had a, at least an intellectual assent. But that faith was not genuine. It didn't go deep into his heart and change his will so that he would act out that faith when it really was come to the test. But he suffered through that denial. He wept bitterly. You can imagine how much he did suffer after that terrible day after the Garden of Gethsemane when he fell asleep and then ended up utterly denying Christ. But that suffering had a purpose. And now, as he's been restored, that faith has gone from his head to his heart. He would never deny Jesus again. In fact, in the book of Acts, he's the one who preaches the first homily, and it's so powerful, the Holy Spirit is acting through him that thousands are converted. He will go on to have a glorious ministry in the early church and suffer martyrdom. Because he suffered, that faith was made genuine. Now we contrast that with the gospel. We have a rich young man, very wealthy. He comes to Jesus and he suspects that Jesus is the Messiah because he's asking, good teacher, what must I do to attain eternal life? And when Jesus gives the answer, you must sell what you have, give to the poor, and then come follow me. He's cut to the heart because he knows he has many possessions, but those goods are possessing him. And he's not ready to suffer. He's not ready to enter into a detachment from what he holds to be dear because he's placing all of his trust in those possessions. So his faith has not been tested, is not genuine, and he walks away sad. We're not told what would happen afterwards. You can imagine the Holy Spirit continued to work in his heart. He may very well have come to deeply regret his decision and actually follow Christ. For us today, if we have put something ahead of Christ, whatever it is, these readings are inviting us to lay them down. Now we're entering into the season of Lent, and that's a perfect time for us to take an inventory of our spiritual life, our moral life. How genuine is our faith? And enter into those three disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving because that's a form of suffering. When we give up something dear to us during those 40 days, we give alms, we increase our prayer life, we fast. May that 
help deepen our faith because we will always be tested. Certainly in our culture, which is very, very antagonistic to the tenets of the Christian faith, but also in other ways. So let us rejoice as our beloved St. Peter lays all this out for us to prepare our hearts so that we would not fail, but we would give glory and praise because we are now in this living hope. We're going to receive Christ in the Eucharist who will strengthen us in this hope that we may have a testimony to anyone and give an answer for the hope that lies within.